Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joshua, and on today's episode, I am thrilled to welcome to the show, or welcome back to the show, uh, musician, friend, and now author, uh, Reverend Sean Amos. Uh, Sean is the son of Wally Famous Amos uh, of Cookie fame, and he is on the show discussing his debut book, Cookies and Milk. It is a fictionalization of his childhood life. Uh, it's a delightful read. I know you're going to enjoy it. And we get into a lot of conversations about the book, about his latest music, about leaving a legacy for yourself. It's really great. Uh, I won't take up too much of your time hyping it. I think we'll get right into it. But I do want to let you know that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on Nostalgia Overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours, but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, without further ado, my episode with the Reverend Sean Amos is right up after this. What's going on? My name is Joe Shaw, and I host the music podcast After the Encore. After the Encore is a long-form career retrospective podcast that takes you behind the music of some of your favorite artists. Musicians like John Oates of Holland Oates, Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, and Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, and many others. Each season of the podcast is themed around a different topic, like the boy bands of the 90s, badass women in music, or even artists that were featured on the TV show, The Voice. I am committed to taking you deep inside an artist's mind to find out why they do what they do, what does music mean to them, and how do they quantify success. We tell an overarching story which will take you not only behind the music, but into the psyche of the artists themselves. After the Encore is a proud member of the Roberts Media Group podcast family. Check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast with me at this time. Mm, Something smells good in the air. I think we're talking about some cookies. I think we might be talking about some milk. And I've got the Reverend Sean Amos with me at this time. Rev, how are you doing today? I'm well, brother. I get to hear your voice again. (laughs) It is always good to hear yours as well. And I cannot tell you how excited I was when I first heard the news way back when that you were writing a book, Cookies and Milk, by Sean Amos. We're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about so many albums that you've released since the last time I recorded with you. And <laughs> I'm just, uh, we're going to give the fans uh, something that they can go and buy and engage with. I'm excited to get into all that, but I would say backing up a bit. So here at the Detox Podcast, uh, for people who are maybe new, uh, we uh, invite people to uh, quote unquote detox from the world around them. 
for the duration of this episode and get a window into how other people live their lives. And so I like to ask guests right at the top of the, the episode, uh, what are you detoxing from? And I think um, we were uh, talking a little bit at the beginning of the, the show. It, that's an interesting question, I think. I think it's an interesting question in general, um, but I think this week has been particularly interesting. So, Rev, I will, uh, with that, I will ask you, what are you detoxing from this week? I, I need to detox. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am in need of a detox. Yes. I, I think this conversation is it. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 um, you know, I, I usually detox by just spending as much time as possible off of social media and yeah. offline. Yeah. And uh, I'm fully immersed in social media and being online because I'm in the middle of a book tour and an album's out and I, I um, that's how the game is played. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm fully plugged in, which is not um, <laughs> my, my natural state. <laughs> and, right. and it's, it doesn't uh, engender the, uh, the, the healthiest mental state for me. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, so, so this talk is it. <laughs> well, I like it. You know, it's interesting. Something that I kind of, kind of, tacking on to what you just said, something I've realized quite a bit from myself, even even as recently as this week, is um, the need to detox from feeling like I have to say something when I don't have the words to say something. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think it is uh, a very knee-jerk reaction, especially on social media, to share an opinion, share a perspective, do something, because one feels sometimes that one needs to say something all the time as if we all want to hear what each other has to say um, half the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I spend a lot of time writing, so I feel like, you know, I spend most of my time saying what I want to say. Uh, and, right. and so I, I usually refrain from making sort of one-off statements. Right. Although I, I went on a massive Twitter rant yep. uh, the, the day of the shooting because yeah. it, it just felt like the only, outlet I, I had and yeah. I just did this major tweet storm which I don't think I've ever done in my life yeah. and um I hope I didn't you know you know incriminate myself too badly yeah <laughs> right no no I completely know what you mean it was I think for me it was uh wanting to find the right words to say and I remember mm -hmm. um after the shooting in Texas um not really having a lot of words to say and I woke up kind of in the middle of the night and was like I have some words that I want to say about how I feel like we as a society could do better and should do better. And I'm tired of kind of the, the empty words and I'm tired of, of the empty, um, the no action, you know, the lack of action in a lot of regards. And so I shared it and it, it, it gave me what I needed, which I didn't care if anybody saw, but I, it allowed me to almost put a, put a period on my grief for the day. Sure. And yeah. that was, well, that was an ellipses more than the period. I yes. Grief ever ends. I would, I would agree. But, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You're absolutely correct. So, um, so that was my kind of realization of the week. And so that, that I would say that allowed me to feel a bit more um, empowered and not feel the mm -hmm. need to be confined to what I perceive other people to, to want. Yeah. Well, that's what it's all about. Right. I mean, that, that seems to be what social media is. Yeah, <laughs> chief function is, is yeah. to allow us a place to you know, get off our chest, which um, yeah. which look, we we all need to get shit off our chest. Um, yeah. You know, in, in, in times of extreme uh, catastrophe like this week, or just you know stubbing your toe. So exactly, um, no, I you know I, I, no, I, nothing I, wrong with that as long as it's uh, you know um, as long as it's tempered with some uh, some empathy and uh, right. you know, humility. 
Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Um, and I want to, uh, you know, since we're, we're talking about a lot of, um, uh, writing, I would say, or writing one's words, you mentioned it a moment ago. Um, so you just had your debut book release. Um, yeah. Cookies and Milk. Audience can't see it, but I'm holding it up right here. It is <laughs> Cookies and Milk. Uh, it is. Uh, it is. It has been a lot of fun to to dig into this book and oh, and you. it's uh it's you know based on your true life story growing up the son of uh, Wally Amos, famous Amos for those who who are who are familiar, and creating the cookie store in the 70s in in California. So. What I want to know, um, I know you and I have had kind of side conversations about about uh, your your life and growing up, and then some recorded, some not. But I really want to know what was your initial um, uh, motivation for maybe not motivation. Let me back up. The initial um, decision to write this as a book because you did a three part series back for Huffington Post, kind of about the story, also called Cookies and Milk, back in two thousand eleven, which I remembered reading and loving. And so taking it from the three piece article to this book, what was that, um, what was that decision point like for you? Um, I wrote the Huffington Post piece, uh, as you said, 2011, uh, in the, in the years after my mother's suicide. Right. And, uh, during a period where, um, I had actually, um, um, broken off communication with my father. Um, uh, and I, sort of retreating from um, sort of, I, I, was, I was working very hard to um, forge a path of my own and, and, and um, cut myself sort of, sort of break the centrifugal force yeah. you know, of, of, my, of my family. Um, and, and the only way I knew how to do it at the time was to, um, sort of just, you know, purge. There's like the tweet storm, right? I mean, right. The, the Huffington Post piece right. was sort of like a, it was like a, a verse of a tweet storm. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I, I wrote this, um, I mean, it was full of empathy for sure, but it, it was a very unvarnished, um, pretty brutal, you know, um, uh, reflection of, of my childhood. Yeah. And, and, and cookies and milk, the phrase was used wholly ironically um, because the, the, my, my childhood was, you know, in many ways, anything but 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 you know, sweet. Right. Uh, so, so I wrote this thing as sort of a form of therapy, and it helped, um, and um, it, it did some good for me. It seemed to do some good for some other people who read it, and then I thought I was going to expand it and write a full blown memoir, but I, I just I didn't have the stomach for it, and, yeah. and I'd I'd been you know already you know grieving for so long and, and sort of digging up old shit and right. i i had done an album a few years before the huffington post piece i was a um sort of tribute to my to my mother and yep. dealt with her suicide and i was just you know immersed in all this dark stuff and i was just like i'm done <laughs> right. and, and so so i moved on and, and onto other projects and other things and then um i would say maybe i think that might have been 2015 2016 a producer named jesse murphy approached me wanting to option that Huffington Post piece and turn it into a movie. And, and I agreed to that. Yeah. Um, and he spent another couple years or so trying to make that happen. And it didn't happen for, for a number of reasons. Um, and he was more disappointed at, at, than I was. Yeah. Uh, and then um, by that point, I'd moved to Texas. And by that point, I was divorced myself, like right. my father, like my father's father. 
Um, I was um, estranged from my son, like I was from my father, like he was from his father. And so these familial patterns and sort of ancestral, you know, baggage couldn't be denied. And, um, and so I spent my first year, uh, 2018 in Texas over the holidays, um, grieving again, you know, for different reasons and grieving over my divorce and missing my son. It was only living 10 minutes down the road because I moved to Texas to be close to my family. Um, and, and very, um, and, and just lamenting this sort of, um, yeah, multi-generational hole that I, you know, sort of found myself in. And in the middle of that grieving, I started thinking a lot about the cookie store that I grew up in and then sort of my dad and I together. And I, I'd regained communication with my father by then, I should say. Um, so we, we were talking, um, but we began communicating again just as he was officially diagnosed with dementia. Mm. So... Um, I didn't speak to my father for eight years. And then we began speaking as his uh, memory was fading of me uh, and and, and our life together. And so um, that store, my memories of that store became really, uh, he was the word sweet. And it sounds like, you know, (laughs) <laughs> I'm self-conscious <laughs> when I use the word sweet in context from this book. But my memories of the store became really, really uh, dear. Yeah. And uh, and I thought, uh, and I started seeing my childhood through a different lens that I'd seen it, that, that I'd sort of gotten used to talking about. I got used to talking about my life in terms of these, you know, my mother was mentally ill and she committed suicide and my dad left and blah, 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 blah. And right. I was like, all of a sudden, I started thinking about that store and I saw my life through this really um almost idyllic kind of lens yeah and my time with him in that store was really lovely and I, it was just me and him and it was my grandmother for a period of time and and i, I had him to myself in the wake of this divorce and i learned so many lessons that i still apply in my life and i um yeah, the place was like a second home to me and so it was a relief to sort of have a good memory you know? right. and so I thought in that moment wow this would make a nice book instead of writing a book about the entirety of my childhood um, or, or, or project I didn't really thought about writing a book but instead of sort of creating something right. about the entirety of my childhood or, or, or young life adult life you know uh, just zeroing in on that one moment you know the opening of the store um, and then what if I blew that out, you know? And, and so in that holiday period, uh, I just, in a, in a rush, like literally in a couple hours, I wrote this four page treatment for a kid's book. Uh, and I sent it to Jesse Murphy, that producer who, um, had, you know, sort of was licking his wounds about the failed movie project. <laughs> and he was nice enough to introduce me to a book agent and, um, and, and, and the agent liked it and, and pitched it and, and here we are so it, it was um i just you know i'd say i fell into it after a you know seven year <laughs> yeah. uh you know gestation period yeah you know that's i there's so many there's so much goodness in what you and when you shared right it's almost what it's interesting to me to have the the correlation between the the article right where it's it's a form of it's a form of therapy and cookies and milk is is a bit uh i um, uh, ironic in the, in the sense that it's, it's not sweet, right. In that sense. And then, and now you've had the opportunity to, to sort of reclaim some of that story 
for yourself and and be able to have some positive memories by reconnecting with your dad. Yeah, I, I'd say that. beyond that, uh, right? Joe, beyond coming for myself, it's really what, what I've come to realize literally in the last few weeks as, as, as the run up to publication has occurred is that it, I really, um, it's really a reclaiming it for my whole family. Mm, um, yes. Because, because a lot, I have two half brothers from my father's first marriage. I have a half sister from my father's third marriage. Um, you know, we all have children of our own, uh, except one of my brothers, but two of the, two of the, uh, uh, or three of the four of us have children. And, and, and we've all, uh, carried a lot of pain, you know, um, yeah. because we've all had, you know, variations of the same experience. You know, we're all from broken homes. Right. You know, we're, we're all um, um, dealing with, you know, sort of the the loss, the, my father's loss of his company, which has been very well documented. Yeah, uh, it was certainly a, a pain for him, but it was a pain for the whole family. And there, there's a there is a um, a little bit of an open wound that comes with there's certainly a big open wound that comes with divorce for sure sure um and there's an open wound when you walk around every day and you see this brand that is ubiquitous you know throughout the country oh yeah and and you have nothing to do with it (laughs) um and 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 it's sort of this like sour you know memory of this thing that you know that got lost and is now you know your your name is like everywhere but you have no control over it right. uh, and and that's um and people make presumptions about you know our wealth or my wealth or whatever and yeah. um and and all and a lot of what that company represents is an opportunity what it, what it, what it, what it, what it, what it had come to represent from me, right. I think, and my family was uh, was a loss of opportunity, right. uh, and so with with the and a loss of you know our own narrative, and yeah. so what yeah. I think what the what the what the book has done in, in a small way has allowed us certainly me for sure. I mean, I don't want to fully speak for my family, but sure. I think and I hope that that it is um it helped us reclaim a little bit you know of our own story, you know, um, and and it's yeah. helped us to heal a bit of a wound, and now there's something that is from us from me that's owned by us that that is controlled by us that this in our our own words our being like you know family name that we can hold up to our own children we can hold up you know to to our you know know, our grandchildren and say this is a part of our family story and i'm so um i'm really proud of that and and and, and, and it's it's already i think uh created a little bit of um you know relief and, and sort of let, let the pressure out a little bit, you know, yeah. within the family. And so um, that, that's been a really, um, I sort of like unintended, it wasn't my motivation for doing it for sure, but I realized it's what's happened. It's a really beautiful sort of uh, I guess unintended consequence of this. You know, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, you gave me chills just then when you were talking about it because it's the, the opportunity to, you've, you've not only reclaimed the narrative, right? But what I was just, what I love is like, Anytime somebody wants to talk about famous Amos prior prior to this moment in time, they have their own concept misconceptions or, or preconceived notions about it mm-hmm. that they come to the conversation with. Now sure. there's something out there where you are able to kind kind of direct the narrative about the conversation. And so people are coming yeah. to listen, right? As opposed to coming to like share and their own their own opinions is, yeah is totally kind of and, and at the same time it's a work of art right I mean, right it, it is right. a it is a work of fiction it, right. it is it is inspired 
by my childhood and there are elements in there that are factual and there are elements (laughs) in there that are fantasy and um and 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 some people will know which is which and a lot of people won't know (laughs) which is which uh and, and and but i think that's part of that's what I love about the book. You know? yeah. I love this because if I wrote something that was like the Huffington Post version, if I'd written a full length version, a full length book version of that, right. it, it, there's, there's no mystery in that, number one. And I, I just think that the opportunity for a, to have a larger conversation about race, about yeah. entrepreneurship, about the fatherhood, about, about black fatherhood, about black families, about you know, um, reckoning with identity, all these themes are in this book. I, I don't, it'd be hard, I'd be hard pressed to, to believe that those themes and conversations can get discussed in the context of a you know, historical, factual, you know, memoir. Everyone would just be talking about, well, when your dad, you know, did this on day three, how'd you feel? Um, yeah. And so I love the fact that um, I was able to, to sort of cloak, you know, cloak the story and, and a lot of um and a lot of metaphor and, and a lot of and a lot of mystery i guess i yes no i think that's beautiful and incredible and it does it opens up so many other opportunities to continue exploring this story and in fact if i recall correctly i i saw that somebody's already picked it up for um to to option as a as a television show like that's already in development at yeah at Dis- disney or disney so, yep. um you know lawrence fishburne that's right. um and oh, disney man. um have optioned it. so it's, it's currently in development for an animated series that is that is badass on so many levels <laughs> i mean just it's like <laughs> it's so cool um now what something that i always have appreciated about you and continue to appreciate is the way in which you bring in such history into your works of art. So whether it's, um, you know, you just released an album, Hollywood Blues Songs and Stories from the Family Tree, 1997 to 2022, where you've got some remastered pieces from your your back catalog and a few new pieces, whether it's, it's your own history or whether it is, uh, what was the last one, Cause of It All, right? Where you've got, um, where you're doing your own rendition of several classic blues artists. Um, or whether you're doing the podcast, breaking down some of those those different songs uh, to accompany that piece. There's always this rich history and rich tradition that you bring into your art. So my question then for you becomes... How do you make sh- how do you approach these different projects, ensuring you give each of it the weight it deserves, while also bringing your own perspective as a black blues artist with all of your own history into each of these works? I, I don't think about it like that. I, I'm just um, I'm just exploring the things that are of interest to me. I like it. Okay. And and, and and I am, um, and I'm trying, and, and I'm and I'm trying to make sense of my 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 place, you know, in in, in the world. Um, right. and, and and that's and that's like you know, trying to trying I'm trying to reconcile my family history. I'm trying to reconcile my ancestral history. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to reconcile 
you know, the, the kind of, you know, father and, and citizen I want to be. And as of late, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm 54, you know, and so I'm thinking a lot about what I want to leave behind, you know, yeah. um, and, and, and I, you know, I, so I, and this, this is a theme that goes in the book, Ellis, who's the, the, the protagonist in the right. book, is, is, is really on a quest to figure out who he is and where he comes from. He, he doesn't know, he's a, he's a black kid living in an all-white neighborhood, right. and, you know, his parents are divorced and neither one of his parents, you know, talk about their past. And he, he doesn't, he wants to know where he comes from, you know, yeah. literally. And so, and that's me, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to figure out where I come from yeah. and I'm trying to, and whatever answers I get, I'm trying to leave, you know, the clues behind as clearly as possible. So my kids can have an easier time than I had. Yeah. Um, and, and then that's become a big part of what fuels me lately as, as well. So I, you know, so part of the telling of any story I tell is, is, is wrapped up in you know, history because, because I'm trying to discover my history and, 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 I'm, and I'm fascinated by it. And, and I think, uh, you know, history is lost if you don't document it. Yeah. And so I'm trying to document some stuff. So, so um, people can have a sense of who I am and who i was yeah. uh, and what the world was like that i was in because it hopefully will help them figure out some stuff yeah. and um and, and then i'm trying to you know amuse myself <laughs> and, and entertain myself and right. make myself you know laugh uh you know uh you know through through the tears i guess yeah i you know i love that i uh, i've mentioned it on this show uh in the past but uh, that's what I do. So uh, everything that I record from a podcast perspective, I have a backup and I document it and I've got it archived. So that way my kids uh, can go back and, and comb through it when I'm long gone and get a sense of yeah. who I am, who I was and uh, what the world was. And and so thank you for having this conversation with me or several conversations. So that way, uh, you know, we've got, uh, got these excellent conversations documented. I mean, look, I think we're all, just, we're all, leaving clues right I right mean, yes know, we're all living we're all living history and that we are living through history but we are ourselves you know the living embodiment of history and and we're leaving stuff behind and and um and, and if one is living if one is being honest with one's self <laughs> which is you know a challenge in and of itself right um you know then you um you know, you, you, you choose your words and your actions, you know, carefully, you know, and, and because, you know, they matter, you know, and, and you sort of, uh, and you don't waste time on shit that doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, but I, you know, I, 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 um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not so much that I'm like some history buff. Cause I don't think, I don't think I am. Sure. Right. And, right. And there's very little of history. I, I know. I mean, I'm just curious to learn. Yeah. Um, and I get excited when I, when I learn this stuff and I want to share it, but I, I think, um, you know, there is, um, you know, in, in the dedication in the book, I can't remember the exact words on in front of me, but there, yeah, there's, um, you know, it's like, you know, keep, keep your, keep your eyes and your heart open, you know, cause there's clues all around you. Yes. This something, is something, uh, something yeah. Like this book is also dedicated to the young boys of all color dreaming of the men they hope to become. Keep your eyes and your hearts open. There are clues all around you. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's sort of as simple as that. You know, if you just sort of 
can look up and look around and keep your eyes and heart open. There's lots of stuff to sort of inform, to help inform the kind of person you want to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's the, the beauty of life and particularly life in America. Yeah. Um, so far, at least <laughs> that, you know, and anyone can, can sort of invent themselves in any way they want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's another thing that runs through the book, this idea of, you know, reinventing oneself and, um, and you know that's why I love about a lot of these blues characters with these crazy names, you know, yeah. Slim Harpo and you know Muddy Waters and Junior yeah. Wells. I mean, these are all dudes who just decided, you know, I want to reinvent myself. Yeah, you know, yep. you know, I was born Morgan McKinley Field, but I'm, I'm going to be Muddy Waters. Yeah, you know, I, I was um, born Marion, you know, Walter Jacobs, but I'm going to be a little Walter now. Yep. And, and so I, there, there's a freedom in that, yes. um, and 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 there's there's sort of clues all around as to, you know, we can steal and borrow and, you know, sort of piece together and, 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 and make up the person you want to be. Hopefully you're making, you're creating something that's rooted in, you know, honesty and integrity and empathy, but, you know, people can put themselves in all different kinds of ways, yes. you, know, you know, good and nefarious. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. Um, as we're starting to wrap, I do want to ask you one question about, yeah, no. uh, your about the album that you released uh, Hollywood Blues Songs and Stories from the Family Tree 97 to 2022 we I mentioned it a moment ago so I'm curious on um, your decision to uh, produce this album have it coincide you know with the book um, and and a pro and re-examine a few pieces from your past how how did you approach that decision um it came about in a couple of ways. You know, one, you, know, you write a book that's in part based upon your, you know, life and your childhood. You can't get, you can't help but get reflective. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, I, I got reflective, um, and and I started, you know, looking back at a lot of things. That, you know, just as I look back at old photos to jog my memory, and you know, I had conversations with people and read old notes. I, I you know, listened to old recordings, um, and and so, um, and, and I was struck by how many of the characters in the book showed up in my songs yeah. um and that sort of i'm like oh wow yeah I mean, ruby my grandmother i wrote a song about her and she's also in the book and, and so i just sort of saw this through line that i didn't quite know existed as heavily as it does yeah which is yeah, i spent i've spent a lot of my 25 years making music um focused on family and then trying to figure out you know my family the larger black family it's not it's not the entirety of my work right um but but the, but there's a you know the songs the 18 songs are in this collection are you know representative yeah. of a chunk of my work that are focused on that thing so that was one the second part was you know i just started i was i, was, I began an archiving project you know because i'm just like i think like most artists recording artists um you know, we have old analog tapes and old dats and old cassettes and sure. they're, they're, they're wasting away. And so we want to save this stuff. And so I went through, I began to digitize, you know, my archive and so I could preserve it. And so, you know, discovered an old demo, you know, that I hadn't even heard since I recorded it in 1997. And, you know, that, that ends this collection. And so, so it was partly, you know, that, and, and I think then then the, the third part was, I, I definitely wanted, um, Music plays very heavily in, in the book. Uh, there's a playlist in the back of the book, you know, yeah. for, for people to sort of listen to that type of Spotify. And so, I, I, I did want some kind of compendium, you know, audio compendium to the book. 
and I could have written a bunch of cookies and milk songs for kids or something, <laughs> but yeah. I, 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 that wasn't what I felt to do. So I, I just saw this as, as a, as a, as a companion piece to the book. That's admittedly, you know, a bit of an esoteric companion piece, um, but, but it, it's, it's still a companion piece. I, I thought it'd be nice to have that out there at the same time. If people want to dig for more clues or they want to learn more about me or learn more about my family um, in this sort of impressionistic way, you know, they, they could have that opportunity to do that. I love that. That is so wonderful and beautiful. And we are wrapping up this uh, episode. So what I will say, um, uh, we're going to, I will, I will say this. So typically in the episodes, I end with the things to check out where I share something I'm reading, watching or listening to. And I invite my mm -hmm. uh, listener, my uh, guests to do the same. Uh, I'm going to, sure. I'm going to cut it short this time and say, so there's so much of the Reverend Sean Amos's stuff out there. That's what I want everybody to check out. So I want them to check out the Huffington Post beast. I mean, I, I want them to check out cookies and milk. I want them to check out Hollywood blues. I want them to check out the cause of it all, both the album and the podcast. And I just want them to immerse themselves in oh, uh, in nice this. Thank and then, you, Joe. Of course. And then one little add-on I will say is if you want to know even more about Rev's career, we got into it um, a couple years ago. And, well, it got into it. sounds like we uh, were fisticuffs. And instead, we, we <laughs> dug into it is what it I would say. It was all friendly. Yes, it was all friendly. Um, and so after the encore uh Reverend Sean Amos, we go through uh, a little bit of a crew retrospective. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. And folks can check that out, but that's what I've got. Uh, Rev, is there anything particular that that's catching your attention or your mind that you're consuming as of late? Oh boy. Okay. Well, I'm not going to plug my own stuff because you did so well. <laughs> uh, I, I'm listening to Kendrick Lamar's yes. album, which, oh. which is a very, uh, he was at, he was at the water garden listen. too. Oh, really? I, uh, I believe he was. I think I just saw that. Um, I might. Yeah, be. It's, it's a it's a tough listen. It, it, it's a, it's a hard listen, but it's a beautiful listen. But uh, uh, and, and in particular, the, the last yes, song on that album, "Mirror," is uh, is great. So that's what I'm that's what I'm listening to. Uh, it's, it's it's watching and reading. Are those those? The other yeah, two? yeah. Those are the other two. Yep. Uh, so what am I watching? I'm not watching a lot, to be honest with you, because I don't, I don't have the brain power for it. But sure. I I I, I, ju I just started. Uh, the latest batch of um, David Letterman's uh, um, My Next oh, Guest Needs No Introduction, his Netflix movie series. So uh, I'm in the middle of the Billie Eilish uh, episode right now. Uh, and reading, I, I'm, I'm reading the second volume of my book, which is due to my editor like <laughs> any day now. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I'm reading right now. Uh, Although I do have an advanced copy of a, uh, of a Johnny Cash Oh. biography that, that i'm about to read that that's um that's written by a good friend of mine robert brooke warren Ooh, um that would actually be a great guest for you just uh, i uh yeah. i will uh talk to you about that offline because that sounds yeah, like an yeah. incredible conversation yeah <laughs> so there you go there's, there's my writing reading and uh, listening i love it all right well uh if people want to follow you and see what you're up to what's the best way for them to do that uh I'm on all social media channels under the same handle, which is the Rev Amos, T-H-E-R-E-V-A-M-O-S. That's the uh, same, same handle everywhere. And Perfect. then the, my website is seanamos.com, S-H-A-W-N. Perfect. We'll put all of that in the show notes. Well, Rev, yeah. as always, this is a pleasure. Thank you so much Thank for coming you, on the show. Thank you, brother. Be safe, man. Will do. 
Listeners, you've been detoxing with Detox. Now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.